Embrace all parts of your journey because all of it was necessary, but your truth is what you're living in right now. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to all of our OG listeners and purpose chasers from all over the globe and a big hello to our new listeners. Here's what you need to know. This is a community that believes that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the original 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's about the condition of well-being. So each and every week, we seek to unpack what I call the six pillars of wealth and learn about all the other areas of life that impact our finances, whether we know it or not. If you need to catch up, head to patricewashington.com forward slash start here and learn more about the pillars. That's patricewashington.com forward slash start here. Now, before I jump in to today's episode, I have to tell you that this one was brought to you by me. (laughs) Actually, it's brought to you by Purpose to Platform. We are now enrolling. So if you're starting to think about what's next for you when you leave your possibly high paying, but maybe unfulfilling job and have no clue of where to start to build a strong foundation, My business accelerator and mentorship program, Purpose to Platform, may be just what you need. This online adventure will get you clear on how to package your purpose, communicate your promise to your ideal audience, choose the best platform for your personality and lifestyle, and create a premium offer. You'll have accountability and support in a dynamic community so you can finally make progress and be ready before you even need to pull that trigger on what may no longer be serving you. And let's see if we're a fit. Purpose2platform.com. That's purpose, the number two, platform.com. Well, this week we have been in the middle of our incredible, incredible Creative for Purpose Challenge. I absolutely love doing this challenge. I love really helping women unpack what's possible when they give themselves permission to tap into their gifts their God-given gifts, and really just offer them in the marketplace in a way that's authentic. And one of the big challenges is sometimes because of all the tactics and the strategies and all of the marketing that's out there, we tend to believe that just being ourselves is not good enough. And I realized that that's not only in an entrepreneurial space. That's very much how many of us feel when we walk into us as women, and I saw Michelle Obama speak about imposter syndrome recently, and just this idea that, look, you are more than qualified. You more than deserve to have your seat at the table. And yet there are those nagging thoughts that if we're honest, we've all experienced. I know that I have personally. Well, do I really belong here? Am I as smart as all these people? Have I really accomplished as much? And even though the track record speaks for itself, it's the constant conversation. And so I knew in the midst of this Creative for Purpose Challenge and thousands of you being stretched through that process, that this was a conversation that you would need to hear for such a time as this. And I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest for today. 
Dr. Angela Anderson is the U.S. Head of Diversity and Inclusion, Strategy, and Operations at Novartis Pharmaceutical Corporation. Additionally, Dr. Anderson is internationally certified as an executive coach, master speaker, and trainer. She specializes in providing training around the world on topics such as leadership, influence, motivation, communication, conflict resolution, and more. She's the number one Amazon international best-selling author of Now What? Get Over Yourself and Move, and the co-host of the podcast, Just Be Real, Sis, established to have real conversations on issues that have historically been difficult to discuss. Without further ado, here's our conversation on overcoming imposter syndrome, Dr. Angela Anderson. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth Podcast, Dr. Angela. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to have you. So I always give a little backstory. We have to give a shout out to our mutual girlfriend, uh, Valicia. Is it Butter... Why do I always mess up Valicia? Butterfield Jones. Butterfield Jones. Now I knew it wasn't Butterworth, Valicia. Don't be mad at me. I knew that wasn't right, but it just started to roll off my tongue. But give a shout out to our girl, Valicia. She invited both of us on to have a conversation with her community about imposter syndrome. Yes. And baby, I tell you, there are about a couple hundred women on on a Friday evening and Oh my gosh, the energy was electric. The sharing was so transparent. And Dr. Angela, when you started speaking, first of all, I just showed you my notes. I took copious notes, (laughs) copious notes, number one. But number two, I starred, highlighted, and circled your name. I said, I must have her on the podcast. And I was so excited. I was like, of course, because we just had good flow even that night, even though it was our first time connecting. I was like, sure. Let's yeah. Have a conversation. So I'm glad you invited so, me. So this idea of imposter syndrome comes up so much, even when we don't know that it's imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It definitely runs many of our lives. And I think it impacts us all. But in particular, women, there is a lot that happens with imposter syndrome. Can you talk about how you even were introduced to this line of work? So it's interesting. Like I started off in mental health, right? So my background is clinical psychology. And so I did inpatient psychiatric care for a number of years. And then I said, you know what? It has to be possible to intervene in this process earlier before someone is critical, right? Before it requires hospitalization. And so I really just fell in love with personal development, employee development. And that was really the beginning of it. And so as I started talking to specifically women who had reached these highest levels of success, I was finding some trends. One of them was imposter syndrome. And so that was really like the quick version of how I came into this space. So it's interesting you say the highest levels of success, because what we were talking about that night with some very accomplished women Mm -hmm. was basically this idea that eventually I could be found out that I don't belong here that my seat at the table is fraudulent somehow, that I may be found out to be faking, even though they have the experience, the background, the credentials, the degrees, the certifications. Why do we do this? So that's all the things, right? That's what imposter syndrome is. It is this psychological pattern, right? It's this way of thinking that even with all the evidence, even with all of the accomplishments, 
I'm going to show up as a fraud. That's the belief. And so that's exactly what it is. It's a way of thinking, even when there's evidence to the contrary. So to your point, you would think that when you get to some of these high levels and high positions and women of influence, that this would not be the case. But that's where I found it was most prevalent. And so that's why this conversation is so important, because the people that you think are so secure and confident in their position, sometimes they're not. So we have to challenge that way of thinking. Well, I'm going to have a a moment of transparency here and say I have battled with imposter syndrome my whole life, my entire life. Yet I was also the person who would get straight A's and, you know, do all the studying and do all the research. But what I found myself doing was overcompensating and overthinking and overachieving, right? Just to be sure. But really, I was probably doing 130% when perhaps the person next to me was getting by with 70 You know, like I was just doing the most unnecessarily. And especially as women, I think sometimes we can do this, not just professionally, but as mothers, uh, you know, as spouses, like going over and above, but to the point of our own detriment. Absolutely. That's the thing. Even though you mentioned you see someone next to you that's at 70%, that's not even where your focus is because you're so convinced that you're not showing up as enough. You can't even see the evidence around you that you're outperforming everyone else. So what does this sound like? Someone who struggles with imposter syndrome, they may say, you know, I feel like a fake. You know, I only continue to win because of luck or chance. Um, You may even minimize your success when someone presents you with the evidence that you're succeeding. You will downplay it. You'll say, oh, no, you know, it was it was fine. You won't even accept the evidence when it comes um, your way. You may even dim your light in a situation where people are calling for you to show up. It's the full version of yourself. And so it all comes from the inside out. That's why we have to have the conversation so we can challenge these thoughts and really kind of get people in a place where they can focus on what's true and not these assumptions that are coming from, you know, the inside of themselves. I like that you talked about the downplaying. So I see this a lot. And in particular, as a woman of faith, I see this a whole lot, right? And I'm, I've been guilty of this, where someone will acknowledge my work or something I did, and I'll say it's all God. And I don't know. And I believe that, obviously, because of my faith, I believe that my steps have been ordained, right? I believe that a lot of the success that I've had has come just truly from, you know, obedience and like following through and all these things. But at the end of the day, I think that God speaks to many of us in different ways. And I still have to get up and do the work. (laughs) I still had to show up try my best to operate in excellence and with integrity and just do the things. The book didn't write itself. Right. The podcast doesn't record itself or produce itself. You know, nothing that I do just does itself. But I find that my default answer sometimes can be, well, it was all God. How do you think that faith kind of plays a role sometimes in perpetuating imposter syndrome or maybe giving us a way to hide even further? Mm hmm. 
you and I are alike in this regard because we are women of faith because we do understand the role and importance of obedience and all the things that you just said. We can acknowledge, but I think we can acknowledge it in combination with owning our part in it as well. So I think too often we feel like we have to sacrifice one for the other. And so what I'm finding is this happy medium between the two where I can acknowledge and be grateful. The goal is to strike a balance, right? We have to be at a place where we can, of course, be grateful and honor God's role in our life but also be in a place where we can acknowledge the role that we play in the plan that he has for us. That's good. That's good. Because sometimes you feel like if you take credit, then you're not showing gratitude, that yeah. you're not giving God the glory, that you're not, you know, all of all of these things, right? And the that can lead to that can lead to imposter syndrome in your faith. Right. right. Because then you're like, well, I'm not showing up as the best, you know, Christian or whatever you acknowledge your faith to be. So it kind of it's like this constant dance, but it all kind of boils down to am I really enough and am I really doing the thing that I say I do? That's where the balance comes in. Right. And so I think we have trained ourselves to believe that if we do one, we can't do the other. And so just shift the narrative and say, no, I can't acknowledge that I'm a woman of faith. And I can also acknowledge that I worked beyond work to get where I am and then give God praise on the end and say, and thank God he brought me through. Like you can balance it out. You can sandwich that thing. You can start it in with it, but acknowledge yourself in the middle. I think that's a really great takeaway, honestly. So that night you gave us so many nuggets, so many nuggets. So I don't know if these were like seven principles I don't remember because I just have a number to seven principles here. Um, But one of the things that you said was be aware and pay attention. Yes. So that's that aware of our thoughts or. Yes, 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 yes. And so this is a thing to your point, your example of 70 versus 130 was perfect because so often we are just really focused on what we're doing and we don't pay attention to what is going on around us. And so be aware when these thoughts come up, where you are questioning yourself, where you are doubting yourself, where you feel like maybe I don't belong here. Be mindful of those thoughts so you can immediately challenge them with the truth. That's where that comes from. Mm, I love that you said challenge them with the truth because one of the things, and perhaps this is how this all kind of comes together. You know, it's funny when you look back over your work or just different things that God has dropped in your spirit, and then you see how it all comes together. I have an exercise that I talk about a lot here on Redefining Wealth, which is what what ifs versus what is. And the what if is always the fears, right? Like, what are we fearing? What are we really thinking? Are we naming the noise? Whatever that chatter is in our in our mind and then replacing it with what is. And I usually say the what is is the truth. It could be that. what the word says about me or it could just be the straight up facts, right? Like, ma'am, yeah. you went to school. Right. You, you graduated, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You did the thing, right? (laughs) So really writing that down. And so if we apply that to imposter syndrome, for example, the what if could be, well, what if they find out that, you know, it's so hard because most of the time it's not even real. Like the things that we're even making up are not even real conversations. They're literally just things 
That's We're it. making up. Yeah. That's it. It's not even real. That's the thing. Like when you can get there, when you can acknowledge and when you can realize that that is part of the truth, your whole way of thinking starts to shift immediately. These are scenarios that you've created. So take that creativity and funnel it into something that's going to be to your benefit or to the benefit of the world. You're wasting time, talent, and energy on scenarios that don't even exist, possibly. Oh, you're wasting time, talent, and energy on scenarios that don't even exist. Man, and you know we will create a whole story. Listen, <laughs> we will get a sound bite and create an entire story and and then let our emotions and our energy be so poured into that thing. And it wasn't even real. And guess what? If we're not careful, we will come to accept that narrative as our truth, even if it isn't. Oh, wait, you got to give an example of that. So we come to accept it as our truth, meaning give me an example. So, so we can make it plain because someone needs it. Absolutely. So you have the person who has accolades, just as long as your arm, right? And every time they show up in a room, they still feel like they don't belong. Well, that's because they've played this narrative in their head, maybe to, you know, how they were treated as a young child, or maybe they play this narrative around the fact that they weren't accepted as a teenager in high school. That seed has been planted and it's stuck now. So they, even though they're grown, even though they've accomplished all the things emotionally, mentally, they're stuck as that girl who wasn't accepted. So even when they walk into the room with a room full of applause, who they are inside is still that little girl. And so that narrative became their truth instead of the evidence that's right in front of them. So let's talk about that. You mentioned maybe seeds of doubt that could have been planted early on. So sometimes, Dr. Angela, it's not just in our head. So some of these narratives we did not just come up with and then run with. Some of us actually had seeds of doubt or just negative talk that were introduced to us in adolescence. Yes. And so like for and for me, in my example, so I was always running from where I grew up to go and prove that I was better than that. Right. And even when I got the things, it wasn't enough. Because the truth was, I still was very committed to the stories of what happened in 1989, right? And so how do you break the cycle or break these types of thoughts of imposter syndrome when you know very well and you rehearse and remember over and over again what your mama said, what your dad said, what a teacher said? How do we start to forgive them and just move on? It's a decision. Because you can live back there or you can live here. And so you decide you can take into account the things that have happened because, you know, we're all products of our experience, all of us. And everything that happened led to where we are today. You can acknowledge your past without living in it. And that's the thing. Acknowledge what happened, but don't live there. Live where you are. It's part of your story. So, you know, I tell women all the time, embrace all parts of your journey because all of it was necessary. But your truth is what you're living in right now. And so, if anything, use your your current situation as evidence that those people were wrong. Mm. Yeah. 
We have a great episode around that called Be There Walking Contradiction. Yes, I love it. Yeah, Be There Walking Contradiction. Yes. And even if what you said was true at the time, it could have been true then. That doesn't mean it's true now. Absolutely. That's called um, evolution. That's we've evolved. (laughs) Amen. I heard that. So you said talk to people you trust who may assume the same thing. What did that mean? So the reason why I brought that up is because sometimes when you're in this state of feeling, you know, like an imposter, you believe that you're the only one who feels this way. And so having conversations like this or talking to other women who are driven, accomplished, uh, who are striving for amazing things in their life can help you come to terms with what you're feeling. It can also help you challenge some of the things that you're feeling, because, you know, when you see that another person is experiencing the same thing, it kind of removes some of that self-blame that comes into play, because that's a big part of it. You feel bad for feeling like an imposter. So talking to other women is a way to help minimize some of that self-doubt. That's so good. Speaking of that, it comes up a lot in my coaching programs. So I really pride myself on creating safe spaces for us to just like really, really get vulnerable and be honest about what's holding us back. Like what is keeping us from just doing the thing? Because many of the women, honestly, who I come into contact with, they are like one permission slip away from doing the thing. It's not that they're so lost. It's not that they have no idea what they're called to do. It's not that they don't know the story, right? It's that they literally just need permission. And they think it's from me. I'm always like, you give yourself permission. It's not from me, right? But I I do call myself a chief purpose pusher for a reason, because I'm good for pushing folks out there, right? But in our spaces, it never fails that it comes up that someone will say, for example, I'm a certified nutritionist. I've got a background in fitness. I've, you know, I lost over 60 pounds holistically. I did this. I've helped all these people and my family, friends, church group do it. And then we go, okay, so you want to create a program to do it? Well, I don't, I don't know if I have enough, right? Like, I don't know if I've done enough. And I'm like, ma'am, you just gave me 19 things that say that you're enough, right? But what usually helps is when the other women raise their hands and say, so-and-so, that's how I feel. And I'm in the relationship space. And I know I've done these things. That's how I feel. And I'm in the money space. That's how I feel. And I'm here. And once we can have in any of these programs, that moment of hearing from other people that you are not alone Mm-hmm. And that many of us go through this. That is usually the moment in the program where I know people are going to like start to accelerate. That's it. That's it. it. What you're talking about is authenticity and transparency. You know, I told someone the other day, I said, if you meet a successful person and they tell you they've never had a struggle, they're not telling you the truth. Child. They're only telling you part of the story because the only way you get to certain levels of success is that you've had to go through some things. And so the way that we help other people who are on that journey is we have to tell them the truth. We have to tell them the truth. And so to your point, you're exactly right. Um, Be your own permission slip. (laughs) Can we say that? 
be your own permission slip. Yeah. You said use your failures as a lesson, not as a character flaw. And that's what we find too, is that like in my speaking training, command the stage, right? People don't want to tell the story because they feel like the story would highlight a failure as opposed to really just seeing it as a lesson or a blessing. And it was the catalyst for why you are who you are today. So hiding and and not wanting to share that really doesn't, really doesn't help you. And it definitely doesn't help the people you're called to serve. Exactly. Because the truth is going to come forward. It must. It's the nature of the truth. And so it's always best for you to be able to learn what you need to learn from the truth and use that as fuel. Right. And so that goes back to what I was telling you. It's all necessary. But too often what happens is we create this once again, another narrative in our head that we have to do everything perfectly. And if we make a mistake, we feel that it's who we are as opposed to the situation that happened. And so when I said that, I really wanted women to challenge that belief that mistakes are who you are versus something that has happened. Failure is practice. So learn what you need to learn, adjust and do it again. And then if you fail again, learn what you need to learn and do it again. And so if we get into that habit, we're less likely to take it on as evidence of who we are versus something that has occurred in our life. That is so true. So true. It's practice. I tell my ladies all the time, okay, we're going to launch and then we're going to see how it goes. We're going to do it again, right? Perfection beats progress. And I really feel I'm the queen of sloppy progress, honey. (laughs) I have become the queen of sloppy progress. I have learned that a completed book is better than a perfect book. I have learned that sharing a message in social media without makeup on and all these things, like I don't need to be fully made up if the, if there is a word on my heart. You're going to get this word because you should be more concerned with the message than you are with whether I have makeup on or not, right? Yes. And the person that is supposed to get it and where it's going to hit them, they connect with that and they get it. So I've released this idea that everything must be in complete perfection before I can move forward. And that is one of the most freeing feelings. You talk about walking in purpose. Perfection is one of the things that keeps people from truly walking in their purpose. And I don't think we talk about it that enough. Every day, every day, because we are so concerned about how it looks that we don't even give ourselves permission to fully accept what it is. It's not designed to work that way. And so, you know, on the pod- on my podcast, we had an episode called The Guise of Perfection, specifically addressing perfection. Because I think one thing that we've learned during, you know, COVID-19, quarantine, pandemic, the things that we thought were important are not important. Our whole world shifted. Everything slowed down. Everything stopped. And so this, this need or this commitment to having to put things just right We had to let go of that. We're doing everything from home now. And so I think that's the lesson in all of this, right? I use a sports analogy and I said, you know, when you're watching a sporting event and you miss the play, they have instant replay where they slow it down so you can go back and see what happened. I said, we're in, we're in God's version of an instant replay. 
He slowed us all the way down so we can see what it is we really need to see. All of that stuff doesn't matter. What matters is that we do things like this, that we have conversations like this, that we tap into our humanity, that we really connect and not just the surface type of stuff, you know? Yeah, that is so good. I was um, watching a, I think it was basketball. I think it might've been the playoffs with my husband and I rarely pay attention. I'm not going to lie. I rarely pay attention. I'm usually there just, you know, to be eye candy, I guess, girl. <laughs> so, but I'm listening and they're talking about the percentages, um, you know, the from the shots, like shots made or shots, whatever. And they're like, oh, so-and-so is 46% from the whatever. Girl, I'm going to butcher it because I really, <laughs> but. What I did, what I did, look, all the men listening are like, oh my gosh, Patrice, well, send me a DM and tell me how to say it then. Um, But here's what I took away. I told my husband, I said, these men are paid millions of dollars. Not one person has said so-and-so is 99% from the field. Not one person is making 99% of the shots. They're not making 89% of the shots. They were impressed and really pumping up 46%. I kept hearing 48%. And I said, we would consider that a fail. Right. Right. You would consider that a fail out here in the world. And we are giving ourselves failing grades, but applauding people who are essentially failing. If you just go look at the numbers. Right. Right. Like. And making that great for them. And one of the things that I think we do is we're so hard on ourselves, but we're so accepting of other people in a lot of ways. Like we would not talk to or talk about our children, our girlfriend, our sisters, other people, the way we talk about ourselves when we are more than qualified to do the thing. Yes. No, I tell people all the time, give yourself the same grace you give to other people. Because that's the shift. The things that we encourage and other people, oh, it's okay. You know, you did your best. Try again. All of the things that we say, we don't say those things to ourselves. And so I'm like, take some of that that narrative and some of that encouragement that you're giving out and bring it back in. Just bring it back Mm -hmm. in. It's a game. It's a game. That's good. Take what you give out and bring it back in. Yeah, I really like that. Okay, so one more thing we have to talk about before I even think about letting you go because I don't want to let you go. But you talked about solidifying your support circle and really being around folks who allow you to be you. Yes, yes, yes. Like we we probably need to just pause and take a breath (laughs) on this one. because the importance of who you surround yourself with, I cannot emphasize enough, not just when you're going through something, but even when you are celebrating a win, the next person that you talk to in that situation can completely change the way you show up in that situation. Make sure you solidify your circle. I talk about this so much because it's so important. We just cannot accept mediocrity in our circle. 
What do I mean by that? I don't mean the accomplishments. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, those who want you to show up, but they don't. Those who expect perfection out of you, but they want to bring you the bare minimum. Those that think that they have a a place solidified in your circle just because of longevity or just because we've been friends a long time. No, in your circle, you have to evolve, but the people around you have to evolve as well. And they have to leave you space to just be. I told someone the other day, I said, if I'm on the floor, I need you to get on the floor with me and I need you to help me stand up. Now, Come on. If you need me to show up in pearls and lipstick to the friendship, that's an interview. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that. Dr. Angela, I done spun around in my chair. <laughs> if you need me to show up with pearls and lipstick, that's not a friendship. That's an interview. Oh, I'm not interested. And so can we have real conversation? Can we have real dialogue? Do I have to protect my heart? Do I have to protect my mind? Do I have to protect my brand in your presence? Or can I trust you to walk in rooms where my feet aren't there and know that my name is going to carry the same weight and the same light as if I were carrying it myself? That's what you need to see in your circle. Can you trust them to show up in a way where you are not afraid if they speak your name? Oh, come through. I love that. I love that. I love that. And I think it's so important for us to understand the layers to the relationships that we have in our lives, because sometimes we put too much of that, right? We think, oh, I can let my guard down and, or, you know, I don't need the lipstick and pearls. And then we entrust certain bits and pieces of our lives with people who didn't deserve it. So how do you vet that circle, that support circle? How do you find people that you know that you know those are the ones? So this is the thing. It's about time and evidence. Have have they shown up? Like, have you seen the evidence that they're going to be who they say they're going to be? You know, I'm like, most jobs have 90-day probation, but we want to put people in positions of prominence prematurely. We want to elevate them to the highest levels of our lives and they haven't earned those positions yet. And so what happens is when they disappoint us, then we feel like we're shocked. No, it's because you put them in a position they weren't qualified to be in. And so I tell people, stop prematurely promoting people in your life, especially to places of prominence. That comes with time. That comes with time. But we get so excited, right? Because we see one or two characteristics and we think, oh, this is the person that's supposed to be in that place. So we put them in the place. Well, then they don't they don't show up. And and then we're disappointed. Slow down. Just slow down. That was a word. (laughs) (laughs) I needed you about 2018. But that was a word. That was a word. We put people prematurely in positions of prominence and then act surprised when they show their tail. Especially because they're not showing their tail. They're showing who they've always been. That's it. Like this is not new. We ignored ignored it. it. I've been there. I've ignored it. Yes. You were so excited to have the position filled that you ignored the truth. Ah, okay. So you know how you guys always feel like doc, like I'm stepping on people's toes today. Dr. Angela has completely stepped all over my feet. And so I'm going to go ahead and say goodbye to her now. No, <laughs> Dr. Angela, this is so good. 
This is so good. And it puts me in mind of one of the relationships that I'm thinking of as we're having this conversation. And when you say the next person you tell and the impact they have, I have been in a position with someone that I put in a position of prominence much too prematurely. And I remember times now that you bring that up where I said things and they replanted seeds of doubt that I thought I had gotten past. Oh, that's so good. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. All ground is not fertile ground. And so you got to be mindful of where you are planting your dreams. You have to be mindful of where you're planting your truth and your story. All ground is not fertile ground. I'll give you an example. So one of my good friends, and I mean boss, do you understand what I'm saying? Boss. She was having a moment where she was just encountering some things in her line of work. And she was like, wait a minute, I don't have these moments, but I'm having one right now. She called me. And immediately I said, do you know who you are? Wait a minute. Do you know what you bring to the table? First of all, did you look in the mirror this morning? Do, Do you not see the awards that are on the wall all around you? Like I had to immediately go to that place where I challenged her almost aggressively to say, oh, no, what we will not do is allow this line of self talk. That's not happening. And so that's what I mean around who is the first person you can call, because if if you call someone and they're like, well, I know what you mean. Yes, happened to me too. Then you're going to stay right there in that space. So you got to have somebody that can help shift that paradigm immediately. That is the value of having a solid and powerful circle. I'm not going to let you go there. That's, that's my role as part of your circle is to not let you go there and to challenge the thoughts when they come up. We can't sit here like, okay, you said mm-hmm. what you said. I'm going to validate it. But we, we got to keep it moving and we're going to root this situation in the truth, not negative self-talk. Wow. Wow. That's so good. We all need a circle. Like if you don't have a circle and this doesn't come naturally with the people you're around, you you really want to go curate. I think we need to be intentional about going to find and build those types of relationships, mm. whether it's, you know, being in a mastermind or getting in some some type of community. Right. Mm-hmm. Where you can be real, like you said, and not be the brand. Hello? I don't want to be the brand everywhere I go. <laughs> Like that's the podcast, just be real sis. That's where it came from, that title. Mm. And so this is the thing that I would challenge people to do. Be the type of friend that you want people to be to you and then attract, attract what it is that you need in your life. Sometimes we're so busy looking for what we need. We're already clouded by our judgment of what we want to see, which is why we have the tendency to prematurely promote, right? Because we want it so badly and we're seeking it out that we will, we will overlook certain things. We will pretend that certain things aren't there just so we can have this circle. But when you commit yourself to doing the work from the inside out and you demonstrate the behavior that you need to see in other people, you will attract that same energy to you and your circle will happen organically. That is the best thing ever because it isn't forced. It just is. It just is. Mm, That's so good. That's so good. Okay, Dr. Angela, this was so good. Oh, this is going to be a blessing. Before I let you go, I have to ask you what we call some quick redefining wealth, rapid wisdom questions. Let's go. The first one is, how do you define success? I think for myself or just in general. Whatever you want to say. Peace. That's it. 
because if you don't have peace, everything else uh, doesn't matter. And so my goal is always to have peace. I always say, if you don't have anything that doesn't bring you peace is not permissible. Come on. All right. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Wealth, family, um, legacy, and impact. Love it. Okay. What's one book that has helped you redefine how you see wealth? Hmm. So besides the one that I wrote, look. <laughs> let's see. So I've read so many and it depends on the type of wealth that you're talking about. Right. So, and I have some friends that have written excellent books. The one that comes to mind, not necessarily around finances, but just like your mental wealth is actually Mind Matters. And it's a group of 10 psychiatrists. My husband actually was one of the authors. And it's around the impact of psychiatry in the Black community. So we talk about stigma. We talk about, you know, what is mental health? And so I just have a passion for it. And I've seen it just change so many lives. And so for me, wealth is peace. And I I actually refer to myself as a mental wealth ambassador. So it's not just mental health. I love it. It's mental wealth. I want you to have an overflow of goodness and and coping and all of the things, right? When it comes to your mental health. I love it. Well, and that's why, you know, the fifth pillar is about becoming your best self here. And that's the first pillar, but it's about becoming mentally and physically well. And we see that as the first step. So we totally resonate with that. That's awesome. And the last one, just fill in the blank. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is. So my name is Dr. Angela Anderson, and the truth about wealth is we have to find a way to use it to impact the world in the greatest way possible. Whether it's your finances or mental wealth, use your gifts to not just serve your world, but don't forget yourself, right? Because you have to be in a place where you are at the best version of who you are. So your gifts can show up as the best versions of of themselves. So here's the thing. I tell people all the time, the world will never appreciate the wholeness of who you are as long as you continue to promote the pieces. Now, y'all know I wanted to throw the laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Say it one more time. The world will never celebrate or appreciate the wholeness of who you are as long as you continue to promote the pieces. Amen. That is a mic drop. If I've ever (laughs) heard one, that is a mic drop. Dr. Angela, thank you so much. My pleasure. This was fun. fun And I am so grateful uh, to Valicia for connecting us and many more conversations to come. You're wonderful. Anytime. Likewise. Thank you for having me. All right. All right. Didn't I tell you it was the perfect conversation? Let me tell you something. If you have been experiencing imposter syndrome on any level, on any level as an entrepreneur, as an executive leader, you might be feeling it as a mom. (laughs) Like, I don't think there's any hierarchy here, right? It doesn't matter what area of your life you are experiencing what we talked about today. I just hope that you feel encouraged to know that you're not alone, that so many of us have the same feelings, the same thoughts. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to include in the show notes the link 
to Michelle Obama's conversation around imposter syndrome. I think it's the cherry on top of this conversation because I need you to know that from our former first lady, for some of us forever first lady, right on down to my daughter who's 13, this is real. You are not alone. You're not the only one. You're not the first. You're not the last. But as Angela talked about, if you have that that great girlfriend circle, you know, we have that support system of people who will keep you lifted up and accountable and knowing that you are definitely deserving of everything that God has for you. And so I just want to remind you as well that the doors to purpose to platform are open. And if you don't naturally have that safe space for you to learn, to grow, for you to be able to, you know, share your wins, but also be comforted in the times when you're confused, you're lost, you're not quite clear on how you're going to express yourself in the marketplace and really give yourself permission to use those God-given gifts without all the imposter syndrome or being willing to push through it, I want to invite you to consider Purpose to Platform. This is my baby. The doors are opening today officially um, for Purpose to Platform. We're only taking 125 women and this is a safe space. It's an incubator. It's a place where... You can take the cape off, you can take the mask off, and where you can finally just take a breath and say, you know, I don't know what I don't know, but I know (laughs) that I need more and that there's something next and have no judgment, have no fear of being judged. That's what we create, an extremely safe space. And if you have any questions, come on over to the Facebook group. It's the Redefining Wealth Facebook group. Come on in. If you haven't checked out the challenge, you are missing out. It has been fire every single night since this Monday. And you definitely want to to get in there and just meet purpose chasers from all over the world. How beautiful to see people from literally all over the world, all walks of life, getting clarity around what they've been called to do in the marketplace. It's beautiful. I love it. I'm honored to be the coach in this community. And I'm really looking forward to welcoming our next cohort. So hopefully, maybe that's you. I don't know. I hope so. All right. That's it for me. I got to get ready for (laughs) Creative for Purpose tonight. So until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. 